we invite you today to worship with us. Worship the one who spoke in the beginning and created something out of nothing. We invite you to worship the God who is the one who came in flesh and blood to set those who are oppressed free. And we invite you to come and worship with us, the one whose spirit rests upon us today and always, calling us from sorrow-filled endings to bright new beginnings. Let's pray. Blow, wind of God, blow away the tight rules that sometimes hold us back from trusting you and risking and loving. Blow away our sin that stands in the way of encountering our neighbor and ready us for birth, prepare us for risk and equip us with courage and vision for the new thing that awaits just around the corner. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Welcome again to Markham Baptist Church. We're glad you're worshiping with us. We hope you'll click subscribe for this YouTube channel and like us on Facebook. And then find our website, markhambaptist.org, where you'll find all kinds of information about what we're up to currently or will be up to in the coming months once COVID-19 clears. Our mission focus this month is the Markham Food Bank, and you can find ways of donating either at the church or to the food bank directly during this time when the need has increased greatly. You'll also find on our website an opportunity to understand some of the things that we're up to. I certainly want to thank those who have beautified our building and church grounds, and in particular, planted a fresh flower garden. We're grateful to all who contribute to our church, both in regards to acts of random kindness and financial givings. We hope that you'll be part of that today and in the future as well. And of course, we're praying for our community and the world during this time of great upheaval. Our prayers are for peace and wisdom, not just for world leaders, but for ourselves and how to tackle systemic racism. We trust that as we seek out the values of the kingdom, you'll join us in those prayers as well. We pray for our seniors and those most vulnerable at this time. We trust that you'll be blessed by the service today including people who are participating. We want to thank Andrea, Braylin, Victoria, and Pepito. Welcome to Markham Baptist Church.
went to Galilee. They went to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but someone still had their doubts. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me, so you must go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Teach them to obey everything I command you. And you can be sure that I am always with you to the very end. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Please join me in a prayer of thanksgiving and praise. Heavenly Father, on this day we bow our hearts to you and pray. We give you thanks for all you've done, especially for the gift of Jesus Christ and for the Holy Spirit. Let us always be aware that all the gifts come from you, and may we serve your heavenly will in everything we do. In Jesus Christ we pray. Amen. This is a reading from Psalm 8. Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. You have set your glory in the heavens. Through the praise of children and infants, you have established a stronghold against your enemies to silence the foe and the avenger. When I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have set in place, what is mankind that you are mindful of them? human beings that you care for them. You have made them a little lower than the angels and crowned them with glory and honor. You made them rulers over the works of your hands. You put everything under their feet, all flocks and herds and the animals of the wild, the birds in the sky and the fish in the sea, all that swim the paths of the seas. Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. Thanks be to God. This week has been a hard one for all of us, watching the images 
seeing the suffering and the violence and the pain and not having any words that can possibly match the depth of experience that people are going through the world over. It's hard to find words that can describe the emotions that we have deep within us. We search for helpful ways to respond to the tsunamis of need that we're seeing everywhere. And so we cry out. For people of faith, we cry out to God. The psalmist says in Psalm 61 verse 2, From the end of the earth I call to you, when my heart is faint, lead me to the rock that is higher than I, for you are my refuge. We're seeking that higher ground, a grounding in faith in God, beyond the effects of the fickleness of humankind. We seek the grounding in a faith that, as uh, the hymn writer William Bathurst penned in his hymn in 1800, oh, for a faith that will not shrink, though pressed by every foe, that will not tremble on the brink of any earthly woe. Perhaps you felt on the brink these days. News reports, of course, of the death of George Floyd, the peaceful protests and the violent riots have all been punctuated through news reports with, with all caps headlines, with exclamation points. Exclamation points convey a sudden crying out in, in pain or anguish or, or anger. They accent the extremes of life for us as we cross over from the expected to the, the unbelievable. There was no punctuation in ancient scripture. We've added it through the centuries. Our English translations of Psalm 8 accent the first and last verses of this psalm with exclamation points. Yahweh, which is the proper name of God, or translation, Lord. Our Lord, which is the title we give God. How majestic is your name in all of the earth? Exclamation point. The psalm begins and ends with praise. Praising God. There, there's, there's no question mark. There's, there's no comma here. Praise is exclaimed. It isn't something to be hesitated over or mumbled or questioned. Oh Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all of the earth. But sometimes I, I do hesitate. I do pause. Not unlike our Prime Minister this week who, after a whole 20-some seconds, finally gave his answer to a reporter's question. Sometimes I wonder at what can possibly be the cor correct response when we see chaos and we feel the, the crush of life upon us. When I was a young boy, my, my dad died, and I can remember the sweep of concern and anguish, not only for me, but my, my mom and my brother and sister. The concern I had of whether or not we would be okay, whether we'd get through this, whether we'd manage, and what would life be like from here on. I remember days when I would simply ride my bike for a length of time and find a, a park somewhere and... Uh, and just lie down on the grass on my back and looking up at the sky, just peering at those clouds, wondering, was, 
was my dad up there looking over the edge of one of those clouds was, was God shoulder to shoulder with him at that point in time. I have known then and since then moments of wonder. Not just wondering about what will come next, but, but being filled, filled with a sense of wonder. Do you still wonder? I don't mean, do you still have questions? Because we all do. I mean wonder, as in, when I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you've set in place, what is mankind that you're mindful of them and human beings that you care for them? That sense of awe that we find in the hymn, How Great Thou Art. O Lord my God, when I in awesome wonder consider all the worlds thy hands have made. When I consider the heavens, says Psalm 8, the works of your fingers. Wonder leads us to a sense of awareness of our, our place in this vast universe and our size in comparison to it all. We are small, but we're not overlooked. We, we may feel insignificant, and we certainly are finite, but we are not without purpose. You have made them a little lower than the angels, and you have crowned them with glory and honor. You made them rulers over the works of your hands, says the psalm. Wonder, and knowing our size, our place in creation, leads not to a sense of pride, but to the exclamation of praise. Praise to our Creator. Because human power, without an attachment to an understanding of our need to express praise to God, is, is an act of profanity. In his book, The Message of the Psalms, Walter Brueggemann says this, Humankind is the crown and pinnacle of creation, but even human power is shaped and qualified by doxology. Doxology, which is praise. When some of the power brokers in Jesus' day became upset that, that Jesus didn't send away the children who were shouting out their praise in the words, Hosanna, blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord, Hosanna to the son of David. When, when they heard the children shout those words, they got upset, and they got upset at Jesus. But Jesus meets them with a quotation from Psalm 8. Actually, it's, it's verse 2. Through the praise of children and infants, you have established a stronghold against your enemies to silence the foe and the avenger. Children and young people often know what we quasi-sophisticated adults many times miss or fail to be aware of, that real power is given. It's not taken. It's a gift. It's received, and it's qualified. It's perhaps part of the problem today worldwide. Some people in positions of authority and responsibility are trying to take power from other people rather than respect that power that has been gifted to all God's children and the position that we all share, equal footing. They have raised themselves up to put others down. 
they don't recognize the one who, who has ultimate authority over all, over heaven and earth, in fact. In Matthew 28, verse 18, Jesus said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. And Colossians 1, verse 17 says, well, it's an affirmation of Jesus' authority. All things, all things have been created through him and for him. He himself is before all things, and in him all things hold together. This Jesus who embodied power and authority and who rules over all acted in ways vastly different from the way some of the modern power brokers are acting. He did not count equality with God something to be grasped or reached out for, but he humbled himself as a servant facing death on a cross, showing his strength through obedience to God, to a God who knew what was necessary to bring together all of creation, humanity included. We have no power outside of our mandate to care for God's creation. Let me say that again. We have no mandate to control this universe or the world or power over others. Our only mandate is to be stewards, to be caretakers of the world that we have been given by God. Awareness, praise, obedience. This psalm reminds me of all three. And I need to be reminded of the benefits of wonder and awareness in times especially of chaos and crises. That I might know my place in this universe. That my place is, is one of responsibility but it's also a recognition of God's ultimate authority over it. And I need to be reminded that, that wonder always leads to praise. Praise of the one who doesn't faint or grow weary, whose understanding is unsearchable, as Isaiah says, who gives power to the faint and strengthens the powerless. Which leads me to realize that praise without obedience is simply unauthentic. The two are forged together in nature. I'm responsible for my neighbor and my love for him or her as God loves me. Wonder gives perspective in troubling times. Here's something Malcolm Mungridge discovered when he became a Christian. He said, I was to learn that you, Jesus, are to be found in the lowest, darkest depths, and that all who find you are thereby transported to the loftiest, brightest heights. In the sense of being a stranger, I have never quite lost. When I consider the heavens, the works of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have put in place, what is mankind that you're mindful of him? Human beings that you care for them. But of course, we are, as one commentator rightly points out, through Jesus Christ, the adopted children of the household. We are the objects of God's grace, 
love, and salvation. And beyond that, we are the ultimate image bearers, and we are the stewards of creation. We are the ones that were created for that purpose before the beginning of time. All this according to the one who wills it to be so, and whose name is matchless, whose name is majestic above the heavens and the earth. Thanks be to God. Chains are now, death has no hold on. 
Today I'd like to lead us in a prayer, the words of which are written by Walter Brueggemann. Would you bow with me and pray? O oh God, we talk about all things working together for good, and we talk about your watchful care and your severe mercies, and then we're drawn up short by terror that strikes us in our privileges and insane, by violence that shatters our illusions of well-being, by death that reminds us of our at-risk mortality. We are bewildered and undone, frightened. And then intrude the cadences of old poets, the cadences of fidelity and righteousness, and the sounds of justice and judgment, and the imperative of widows and orphans. Even on such a day, we are not minded to yield on your sovereignty. We are, we confess, sobered, put off, placed in dread, that you are Lord as well as friend, that you're hidden as well as visible, and that you are silent as well as reassuring. You are our God. That is enough for us. And so we pray in the name of the wounded flesh of Jesus. Amen. There's all kinds of titles for God which Scripture shares with us. He's the Lord of Lords. He's the host. He's my authority. He's King of Kings, Lord of Lords. He's my rescuer. He's my refiner. He's my refuge. He's my deliverer. Whatever God is for you, because of Scripture, because of your lived reality and experience, may He be a force of blessing and hope to you today and always. And may God grant you progress and joy in the faith. Amen. Every
welcome to the kitchen in the lower hall of Markham Baptist Church. And uh, I trust that you have either bread and juice or whatever might uh, fill in for either of those elements today. We're going to be sharing in communion. And the setting that we have today is, I trust for your eyes, uh, rather much more comfortable and uh, homey. It's an opportunity to recognize that uh, not only through ancient scripture are we recognizing what took place back when Jesus broke bread with his disciples in that upper room in Jerusalem, but what happens with us every time we break bread together. When we invite family to gather around a kitchen table or dining room, when we bring friends to our home and sit together and enjoy a meal, what is it that we're taking part in? What's actually happening? Whenever we share communion in the church, we say prayers of blessing and thanksgiving. And perhaps when you're at home with your family and even friends, you will say a word of grace and thanks to God for the provision of food, safety, the opportunity to be together with friends and family. And we're certainly missing so much of this during COVID-19 when we're no longer able to go out and sit together in each other's homes. And so today I'm inviting you here to our kitchen at Markham Baptist Church to share together in this meal. We call it communion because it's a coming together to be with one another. And today we're together through the grace and blessing of Jesus Christ. Back in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, Paul shares these words with the church that he's hoping and praying will share not only a meal, but life together. He says this, and they're the words we often repeat just prior to the Lord's Supper in worship. Verse 23 begins, For I received from the Lord what I also pass on to you, the Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And in the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat the bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Rather than the little bits of bread you're used to seeing here at Markham Baptist Church when we share communion and worship, I have a, a sliced loaf of sourdough bread, one of my favorites, along with uh, the tradition of uh, Welch's grape juice. Uh, perhaps you have something different, but uh, these are elements representing something. We're not celebrating juice and bread. We're recognizing that these elements are both the basics of life and the food of a great banquet we're invited to. Communion for the Christian church reminds us of the Passover supper that Jesus shared in the upper room with his disciples. It was a gathering that took place to recall how God had miraculously helped the Israelites to escape bondage in Egypt, and how the passing over of the spirit of death allowed the Israelites to leave Egypt and flee not only for their lives, but to experience along the journey 
the leading presence of God with them. And so today we're sharing both the common elements of bread and juice, and we're being invited and recalling the fact that Jesus invites us along the journey to new life. Barb is going to share a prayer for both the bread and the cup right now. And just before she offers the prayer, let me again remind us of the words that Paul uses in 1 Corinthians, where he said, Jesus took bread that day, and he broke it and said, This is my body, it's for you. Let's pray for both the bread and the cup. Let us pray. Lord God, Heavenly Father, we come to your table not because we must, but because we may. We pause today, no matter where we are or what we are doing, to remember you and your sacrifice carried out for us. As we drink this cup, we reflect on what your shed blood means to us. And as we partake of this bread, symbolizing your broken body for us, we come with grateful hearts. We cannot comprehend your love and grace for us, yet we accept this invitation to participate in remembering all you have done for us through your death, death on a cross. Thank you, Lord. We come with grateful hearts. Amen. This is my body, given and broken for you. Take, eat, and remember. In the same way, after the supper, he took the cup and said, This cup represents a new promise or covenant. It's sealed with my blood. Drink, be thankful, remember. It's ordinary bread. It's ordinary juice. But as we've taken, eaten, and remembered, it's the very grace and blessing of God upon our lives. We're thankful for that. Would you bow with me again in prayer? Loving God, thank you for the great banquet that is yet before us. But these symbols and reminders that we are on the way, your people, just like all people, invited by, by your word of anticipation and hope, by the promise through faith in Jesus Christ that the life we see here is just a small taste of the one that we are looking forward to. So bless us on the journey today and every day, whether we're in the kitchen by ourselves or with loved ones, whether we're at the dining room table in the months ahead with friends, May we always remember that we are bathed in grace and that life is more full of blessings than we could ever imagine. We give thanks for that in Jesus' name. Amen. May God bless you and keep you. May God's face radiate with joy because of you. 
May God lift up his countenance upon you and grant you his peace today and every day. Amen.